0: Yo, fam, Coach Sam with Strong Gents Coaching, where we help men get physically, mentally, and socioeconomically stronger in life. Today, I'm coming at you with another solo episode, but this one's going to be a little bit different. I'm not really going to be touching too much upon anything health, fitness, or Strong Gents related. This is a more personal episode. As I'm going to dive in on my personal journey and give you guys a little bit of a more in-depth background on what's been going on in my life for the past 10 years and about my recent diagnosis with a rare connective tissue disease. So we're going to go through all that and maybe a little bit more because I do end up rambling here and there. My mind works in just 10,000 different ways at one time. But before we start... I do want to remind you that um, we do run a men's coaching program where we help men get physically, mentally, and socioeconomically healthier in life. So you're going to get in the best physical shape possible, the best mental clarity and mental state you can be in, as well as we're going to improve your social skills and your career uh, life as well. And you can reach us at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram and you can message us there at StrongGents underscore coaching. And you can do the same thing on Facebook at StrongGents men's coaching. Just to remind you, this is a low barrier to entry program. It's not going to break your bank and it doesn't take up a lot of your time. We have the best coaches in the world with over 60 years of experience helping men between the ages of 18 and older Um, I have been a personal trainer for over a decade now I've worked with hundreds and hundreds honestly probably thousands of men at this point because I also taught groups early on in my career 30 people at a time Um, and uh, I pride myself on being able to get you guys as physically healthy and strong as possible I have a very 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 high success rate and my partner coach Tom has been a mental health therapist for 30 years a football coach for 25 years and a school counselor helping young men graduating high school for also thirty years, he runs a mental health program um, where we get you guys uh, emotionally and uh, mentally on your game so you can live the best life possible and then together, because I have been self employed and started a business for the past ten years, and he also runs a private practice and he's had multiple jobs and he's had long sustaining jobs me and coach Tom. We help you guys with your career and social lives as well. So you can be the strongest gent possible. So again, reach out to us, stronggentscoaching at gmail.com, and we can get you started today. So we're going to dive in here. Um, If I do take a couple breaks, it's because I'm taking a sip of my coffee. I'm drinking my coffee black like always, and you guys should always do the same, especially if your goal is weight loss. Um, let's go over some things real quick in my life before we dive into this diagnosis of my rare disease. Uh, this past weekend, I went on a trip with my dad, my little sister and her boyfriend. We went to Niagara falls, which was pretty damn awesome. Actually. Um, you could feel the power of the water from hundreds of feet away. Like you just, you start hearing the rush and you could feel it. And when you get close to those falls, man, you can feel the rush of water in your bones like that's how powerful it is. it's pretty crazy like I was thinking like I rode my bike in the morning when I got there along the falls and I, I was really thinking like imagine being like a Neanderthal or just not even a Neanderthal but a human way back in the day and you were just venturing along the world trying to find a place to stay trying to find some food or some water And like a couple hundred feet out, you don't see any water, you know, but you start hearing this rumbling because that's how powerful this is, especially back then when there was no buildings, no cars, no extra noise being created by us humans, when it was just silent as anything in the wilderness. And you're hundreds of feet away from the water. You can't even see it, but you hear this powerful rush, like imagine And then imagine continuing your search along that, like the anxiety and the fear of what is that, but the curiosity to keep going and to, and to finally venture upon it. And then to see that, like it was, it's just crazy to think back maybe like, I don't know, a couple thousand years, 10,000 years ago, when people first stumbled upon that, like, holy crap, they probably, I couldn't believe it. And you know, I've been fortunate enough to see some cool things in my life and, I couldn't believe how just how powerful it is. And there's a cool statistic I thought, which was freaking crazy. 600 gallons of water pours over those falls every second, every second. It's just insane. So if you haven't gone, I would definitely go. Um, And if you do plan on staying there, I would not stay on the New York side. It was disheveled. It was really gross and shitty. Um, It wasn't. The greatest views. I would definitely go to the Canadian side. I would make a trip out of it to Canada. Uh, But if you do go to the New York side, do not stay in Niagara Falls. Like I said, it's very disheveled. Um, It's not the greatest area. Uh, Crime rates are very high. I would stay in Buffalo like we did. It's about 25 minutes away, 20 minutes in the morning from the fall. So you just stay in Buffalo. Buffalo was cool. Food wasn't that great. But uh, the city itself is pretty cool. Lots of history there. And uh, we had a good time. So that's what i did over the weekend hope you guys had a good weekend and uh yeah now back back to regular life and i there's nothing i like more i was so excited to get back to work sometimes when we're working like you got your job like you, you just you start to not necessarily hate it maybe some of you hate it i never hate my job but you're like oh man like i need a break but i'll tell you what after like two days anything over two days and i'm like man i want to get back to my routine I wanna wake up, I wanna go help people out, I wanna leave and I wanna do the same thing over and over and over again. But when you're gone for like three or more days, you get out of your rhythm and getting back is a little bit more challenging um, and it makes work a little bit more hard uh, to to get through that first day. But I was so happy to be back and I'm back in my grind, I'm back in my groove and I'm ready to go. Um, Oh, if you are looking for personal training services, for you or for somebody else, you can always reach out to me. I can do it through the Strong Gents Coaching Program, which I help men specifically. But if you are looking for some um, training outside of the Strong Gents Program, you can always reach out to me. I do take clients online for coaching. Um, although I don't have much time to do it, I do select a few people who fit my criteria. So if you're someone who's really interested in losing weight, and healthy, um, maybe recovering from some injuries and getting your life back together, just Reach out to me. You can send an email to samtletzen at gmail.com or just message me on Instagram at trainer Sam letson. All right, follow me, send me a message. So, what is going on with me, my health, in this rare disease that I'm talking about? Well, for the past 10 years, um, there has been a lot of issues going on with my body that have had no answers to them. So this really goes back 10 years ago, I was 19 years old, so I'm 28 now, so I was about 19 years old when things started, I want to say falling apart, because I've used that, that saying a lot sitting in doctor's offices when they ask me, Sam, what's going on? I always sit there and I say, it feels like I'm falling apart. So two weeks ago, um, I got diagnosed with what's called Elhurst danlos Syndrome, EHL, E R S, Danlos D A N L O S syndrome, and it's a connective tissue disorder. Uh, there's 14 different variations of it, and uh, it's pretty rare. Um, they call it a rare disease, and because it it's not common, but the some forms it some forms of it, like I said, there's 14 of them. Some forms of it are more common than others, and most people who have the lower grade forms of it, the less severe, I should say. Um, they go their whole lives without really knowing. And they die without knowing that they have it. Um, Some of them have a very high um, mortality rate, meaning you die young. There's a vascular one, which like poses problems to the vascular component of your body, your arteries and your veins and things like that. Um, But that's the, that's like one of the rarest forms and one of the most severe. So I'm on the, thankfully, I think I'm on the lower end of the of the spectrum there in terms of the severity of it, although it does suck, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, the chances of me passing away very young, like that one, um, are very low. So that's good That's good news, but it still sucks. But it's been going on for a very long time, and I'm gonna dive in. on the, Let me explain first what it is. Okay, so elhurst syndrome is a connective tissue disorder where your body, your DNA has a mutation in it to where your body doesn't process collagen proteins properly. So, our entire body is made up of collagen proteins in some manner, uh, some, some way, shape, or form. And specifically with this disease, um, the connective tissue that we have does not—it's not made very tough. It's not repairable as well as people who don't have this disease. And it's just faulty there's a mutation where it's freaking faulty and to give you an analogy on someone who has this disease versus someone who doesn't is is like this i want you to picture your lower leg bone and your upper leg bone connected to each other by your knee joint right so your knee now the knee joint is uh put together by a bunch of connective tissue called ligaments and there's some cartilage in there and muscles and so on tendons and so on and so forth right So I want you to picture that your knee joint is made up of really strong duct tape. So your lower leg and your upper leg are connected by really strong, tough, layer and layer and layered out duct tape. Someone who has this disease like myself, their joints are put together by a few strands of masking tape, right? So our ligaments are weak. They are very flexible and malleable, and they are prone to tearing and straining and spraining. And the main complaint about this disease is pain, chronic pain and dysfunction. And that's what I experience on a daily basis. It's what I've been experiencing for over just about 10 years now. And it's one of the reasons why it's been so hard to diagnose, so we're gonna jump into that now. I'm gonna take you back to my journey when this first started happening. And I'm going to run you through the series of problems I had along the way and the frustrations and then ultimately the outcomes that led me to today. Um, So it started when I was about 19 years old. I had some issues with my shoulders, did not know what was going on. Um, So I went to someone who I thought would know more than I did. I went to a doctor, right? And this doctor looked at me and he was like, oh, you look pretty healthy. You seem pretty strong. You know, I think you just have some aches and pains from working out. Because at the time, at 19 years old, I was a young, jacked personal trainer running his own personal training business. I weighed 175 pounds, which was really big for my frame. I gained a lot of weight to get there from 17 to 19 years old. Two years, I gained about 20 pounds. And I was lifting a lot of heavy weights. Um, some of my numbers at the time were a 425 deadlift. There was a 365 squat and a 255-pound bench press. Um, that's not like the strongest guys in the world, but it was fairly strong for me. I'm a smaller guy. I come from a small family. So when I saw these doctors, they would look at me, and I was very jacked. You know, my, I, I had a lot of muscle. Um, I was a very active kid, well, young man, and uh, I was strong. I was strong. So I had these doctors who were doing these physical tests on me. And just for an example to show you like what kind of tests they do, like I want you to hold your uh, hand up, your elbow against your side and your hand up at a 90 degree angle. So make a fist, right? So like you're doing a bicep curl and stop in the middle. And what they would do is they would place both their hands on your fist and they would push down and tell you to resist their force, right? So they don't want your hand to go down. Now, I want you to picture a scrawny little doctor Right, who maybe weighs 135 pounds soaking wet, trying to press my hand to the floor in a bicep curl position. When I lift hundreds of pounds off the floor, hundreds of pounds off my chest, I curled their weight multiple times, and they're expecting me to move. They're expecting me to be super weak. Strength is relative. And I knew this at a young age and I would tell these doctors, I'm like, just because you are not strong enough to push my hand down doesn't mean I have a loss of strength because I was experiencing a loss of strength, but they didn't understand that. But the first issue was my shoulders. My shoulders were popping in and out. They were unstable. I was starting to shake on things like the bench press and doing push-ups, so on and so forth. But the pain wasn't that bad. It just felt like a little bit of a dysfunction so i went to a doctor and he told me you know you're just you're young you got some bumps and bruises you're you know you're an active guy you're into fitness you're lifting heavy weights it's just bumps and bruises dude like just chill it's probably anxiety i heard that a lot and you'll be all right so i took his advice and i just ignored it i tried to ignore it and from 19 to 20 i just ignored it but things just kept getting worse so i went to another doctor and that doctor also did the physical tests on me He looked at me and he was like, listen, dude, like you're strong as an ox. You look physically healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. I think it's all in your head. Um, If you're having some aches and pains, use some ice, use some heat, take a rest day and, you know, go about your life. And now I started to get frustrated because it was getting worse. My shoulders were becoming more unstable. Now they were a little bit painful depending on the things that I was doing and I felt like I was getting worse. And the number one quote that I would say in a doctor's office is I said, it feels like my shoulders are falling apart and no one really took me serious. And that was around the age of 20. So fast forward again about a year and things start really getting bad. Now it's not just my shoulders. Now I'm having problems with my middle back. Now I'm having problems with my neck. I'm having problems with my digestive system i'm having all these weird symptoms i'm getting pins and needles in my arms and i'm having nerves sh- like bolts of electricity shoot down my arms nerve pain and so i'm seeing doctors i'm like really trying to figure out what's going on and up to this point so from 19 to 21 nobody took an x-ray nobody took an mri everybody told me i was just having some bumps and bruises and i They were telling me, they started to tell me I was crazy because now I was trying to see doctor after doctor after doctor to get an answer because I really felt like things were falling apart and they were and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I started getting aggressive in these doctor's visits, right, which is a turn off to some doctors and I understand that. But at the time when you're a young man and you're, you're trying to figure out what's going on with your body because you're talking about somebody like I was an elite athlete growing up. I was always one of the best athletes on any team I was ever on. I could pick up a tennis racket, which I've never played before, and be good at tennis. I can pick up um, a soccer ball and play with the best players. I can pick up a baseball and hit it, you know, over second base. You know, I can throw it from the outfield to home base. I'm just an athlete, and that's not to like brag or anything. It's just who I was growing up. Um, so I know when I have a bump and a bruise in my body, or when there's something seriously wrong especially considering the fact that not only was I an elite athlete growing up, but after high school, I went right in to become a personal trainer where you focus even more on your body. And this is something that a lot of the doctors were telling me. They're like, listen, you're in the health and fitness world. You're starting to learn a lot about the body. This happens with doctors. When they go through medical school, they start reading about diseases and stuff. And then they tell themselves they have it because they have one symptom. And then they create this issue in their mind." And they start having a lot more symptoms of the disease they're reading. It's a phenomenon that happens. And I had some doctors tell me that, that that's what was happening to me. And they were telling me I had anxiety and I was a hypochondriac and they wanted to put me on anxiety medication and things like this. But I knew deep down that I wasn't crazy. And I knew deep down that there was seriously something going wrong because I didn't want to be in pain and dysfunction. I had goals that I wanted to reach. I had some serious fitness goals that I wanted to reach that I knew I could reach and I was striving to reach them, but my body was failing me. So for them to say like, I'm making this stuff up and like causing these symptoms was, it was so frustrating. I was so frustrated at the fact that people were telling me I was lying because I didn't want to live this this way. I didn't want to have to stop doing what I love to do, which was working out and training hard. And I was, I wanted to break national records in things like powerlifting. I wanted to compete in, in triathlons and all these games that, that there are. And I wanted to push myself and be one of the best in the world. And, and that got ruined. But the fact that people were telling me that I was causing these problems, it really, it really got to me big time. Um, so that was about from 19 to to 21, where I really got no answers and things started getting worse. But finally, I came across this one guy, Dr. Scott Katzman, who, this guy was, he was so eclectic. He was such an oddball and I loved him. I loved him. He was the first doctor who spent more than 15 minutes with me. He spent an hour and a half with me. Oh, he made me wait two hours, but it was because he was in an emergency surgery. It was so funny. We're sitting in um, his office waiting for him, and like 40 minutes passes. I'm like, Jesus Christ. An hour passes. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's never going to show up. An hour and a half passes, and now I'm getting angry. And then two hours comes up, two-hour mark. And he bursts in the door. He's got a surgical mask on. He's got gloves on with a little, I think there was even like a little bit of blood on these gloves. And he starts taking this off. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm late. I had an emergency surgery, went overtime. Like, like what's going on? Like, how can I help? I apologize. I'll, I'll stay later than I have to to, to to make sure I treat you properly. And right then and there, I was like, this guy is awesome. So I get to talking to this guy and I'm telling him the issues that I'm having. And I'm like, listen, and this is again, the quote that I've said in every doctor's office since I was 19 years old. I said, listen, it feels like I'm falling apart. And he was like, okay, well, let's do some testing. And he did the most physical test out of any doctor I saw to that point. He put me in these weird positions, lean against the wall, sit this way, move this way, put your hands on the floor, uh, angle yourself in this position, push against me here. I'll push against you there. Do you feel pins and needles here? Does this, does this recreate your symptoms? So on and so forth. So we had this, I probably, he probably did some physical testing on me for about 40 minutes. Um, and then he was like, listen, what you're experiencing is not bumps and bruises. And he said, I know this because I'm an Ironman athlete. I've been an Ironman athlete for 30 years. He was like, I know what physical bumps and bruises are just like you do. Cause you told me you're an athlete and you're into fitness. He's like, you're not experiencing bumps and bruises. So I don't know what is going on, but it's something deeper than that. So he said, let's go get you some MRIs. Let's see what's going on. I want to look at your spine. I want to do some testing on you. So he did. He took an MRI, and it turns out that I had uh, a bulging disc in my neck with stenosis around the foraminal processes of the spine, um, which is basically, it's like bone growth and and a closing of the uh, pathway where your nerve roots come out of your your, um, spinal cord. So... He said, you know, this doesn't look too serious. Um, This could just be from being an athlete, so on and so forth. You know, uh, let's do some physical therapy, see if it gets better. And, you know, we'll we'll take a look at it later on down the line. So I go to physical therapy and um, I'm there for about like six months. And then the physical therapist is like, no, I want to test you for thoracic outlet syndrome, right? So he tests me for thoracic outlet syndrome and I come up positive. And then he's like, I want you to get a CAT scan um, to see if you have any blockages or, you know, just to further this diagnosis. So he takes a CAT scan and it turns out that the thoracic outlet syndrome is literally diagnosable through the CAT scan. Um, So I had a narrowing of the arteries between my ribs and my collarbone, um, which restrict blood flow a little bit. So it was like a real physical diagnosis of thoracic outlet syndrome. A lot of times it's just a physical test, but I got a CT scan and it showed it on the CT scan that something was going on. So now I'm dealing with like a little bit of degeneration in the neck. This thing called thoracic outlet syndrome, which causes some symptoms down the arms, uh, so on and so forth, um, like the nerve, pain, the nerve pain, the pins and needles, lack of blood flow to the hands and stuff like this. Um, and so he's like, okay, let's do some physical therapy for that. So now i have been at six months physical therapy for the neck to try and get a better neck position and see if we can eliminate the bulging disc. Um, Now I'm also in for thoracic atlas syndrome, which is kind of similar therapy, to be honest. It's pretty similar, the stuff that they do. But then as we keep going, I was complaining about my shoulder blades feeling like they are very loose. And I have what's called um, – when I move my shoulder blades back and forth, there's so much popping and grinding. And it hurts. And to this day, it hurts. But that started um, when I was in physical therapy, like it started happening. So uh, I went to another guy and, uh, or the same guy, I can't remember. And he diagnosed me with what's called snapping scapula syndrome. And this is also called scapular dyskinesis when your scapulas don't move properly on your rib cage. So now I got the issues with my neck. I've have thoracic outlet syndrome and I have what's called scapular dyskinesis or snapping, uh, scapula syndrome. So I got all these freaking things going on and, um, I, and I'm like, doctors are telling me they could do surgery on my neck. They're telling me they can go in and shave down the bone on my shoulder blade. <clears throat> They're telling me they can take one of my ribs out to increase blood flow because of the thoracic outlet. like all this crazy shit. And I'm like, I'm saying no to everything. Cause I'm like, yo guys, like, like I feel like I'm falling apart and everything's getting worse and worse and worse every year that passes by. So I go back to see Dr. Scott Katzman. Now I could have my timelines like a little fuzzy. Um, there might've been like other there definitely were other appointments in between other doctors but this is the general gist so i go back to see him just to give him an update and tell him I'm, i'm telling him things are getting worse and now i'm telling him about these like newer diagnoses and stuff and he's like okay well let's take another image of the neck it's been a year so he takes an image of the neck and now i don't just have a bulging disc i have a bulging disc and two disc herniations at two other sites in my spine and during this time all I was doing was physical therapy. I didn't do any weightlifting or training or anything like that. I was just doing physical therapy. So I was progressively getting worse while doing almost nothing except for physical therapy. And that was the point where he was like, I don't know what's going on. He was like, I don't know what's going on. He's like, at this point, we should um, start looking into diseases and see if you have any type of disease. And that was kind of like the first time where that was mentioned, right? So I was like 22 years old um, when that happened, I believe and uh so he was like listen i don't know what's going on you might want to go see somebody for you know uh like um the diseases and muscular diseases stuff like that and he was like i could you know send you to go get some different imaging done and see how bad it is and we were going to go to florida to get these fancy mris and stuff and uh we decided i decided not to at the time um but that's what this led me up to. And I ended up doing two, four years of physical therapy, which didn't help. And things just kept getting worse and worse and worse. But I didn't take anybody's um, offer of surgery on anything because I knew there was something else going on. I knew it, 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 and I knew it. And I unfortunately was right. Um, but let me, so that's kind of the journey that has happened. Now, I have all those, those things, like I, ha- I do have the thoracic outlet syndrome, I have the snapping scapula syndrome, I have the neck degeneration, things like that. Um, but I knew that wasn't the root cause. And unfortunately, what the root cause is, is it's this Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Now, I want to like, bring you back through this whole podcast when I said it felt like I was falling apart. I said that every doctor session it felt like I, I, I would say i feel like i'm falling apart feeling like my body's falling apart and that's literally what's happening like my ligaments are very loose and lax and i have tears everywhere now like Um, I recently tore my labrum in my shoulder by picking up a freaking backpack. That one was confirmed, uh, through imaging as well. So I might, I might eventually have to get these surgeries and stuff like that. I have a slight tear on my left shoulder from whatever is happening. My shoulders, they just pop in and out. My hip has a problem now. Like my body is literally falling apart and it's just crazy that the disease I have been diagnosed with is literally your body falls apart easier than it does for other people because you have this mutation in how your body repairs itself and how it just originally structures the the connective tissues of your body. But the fact that I was saying it for about 10 years and no doctor except this guy, Scott Katzman, he, he was he was cool. He, he didn't help as much as I'm making it seem like he helped because he didn't have a full knowledge. And the time frame. I'm making it sound very short in this podcast, but it was stretched a lot greater. I didn't see him that quickly. I saw him like once and then two years later, saw him again and then two years later, saw him again. So this is a long journey, right? I'm just trying to sum it up for you guys. Uh, but some of the things I experienced, to this day, are chronic pain. So aching and burning, um, I experience nerve pain and neuropathy in my arms and my legs. Um, I experience uh, faintness from getting from a sitting position to standing up, or even if I'm just standing, sometimes I experience some faintness. I have some gastrointestinal problems, especially later on now in my life. Um, It wasn't a huge problem growing up, and now I'm having a little bit more of that uh, GERD sensation, so that acid reflux. Uh, that irritable bowel sensation, uh, dealing with some things like SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And it's just been a real shitty, shitty couple of years. Like, uh, recently my body has felt like it's falling apart more than ever, but I do feel like I'm on a bounce back. And I think it's because I really pushed my body to the limits the past couple of years. Um, cause that's just, it's just what I do. Um, but the chronic pain is, is debilitating sometimes, although I just push through it. I'm a huge proponent of pushing through the pain. Um, And that's really what this disease is, chronic pain, very loose ligaments, and it's a progressive disease. So it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. There's no treatment, there's no cure, blah, 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 blah. Um, But I do wanna take you through now my emotional well-being during this time and my mental state, because it's 10 years of, of, like, I want you to picture this, right? Real quick, I want you to picture this, okay? I want you to picture you are 19 years old and it feels like your body's starting to fall apart, right? like you don't know what the hell's going on so you go to somebody who you think is supposed to know what's going on a doctor right they're supposed to be like the smartest people around you especially when it comes to your body and you go to them with an open heart and you're like listen like i'm just trying to figure out what's going on i'm in a lot of pain and i'm worried and i'm anxious and i'm nervous for my life and i don't really know what's happening i'm very confused and they call you crazy not just one not just three but maybe like five doctors in a row call you crazy some of the people who are considered the best of the best people in the world in terms of their notoriety and their knowledge level and their credentials right they're calling you crazy do you know do you know do you understand what that feels like it makes you feel crazy it makes you feel like you are insane and that's how I felt for a really long time and I want to just take you through this journey and show you and just explain to you how deep uh, into a hell this drove me. And how I I had I felt mistreated. Um, so when I was 19 years old, um, you know I was I had my business as a personal trainer. So I was a businessman. I was a personal trainer. I was big, jacked, and strong. <clears throat> and I was a boyfriend of a girlfriend for we dated for about five years, from 17 to right around 22. So I had all these identities, right? I was a trainer, businessman, boyfriend, a big big jacked person, big jacked and strong. And um, I had no plan B. I didn't go to to college right away after high school. I wanted to start a personal training business, and I wanted to make that my career and be the best at it ever. And from 17 to 19, it was great. And I was striving and thriving, and I was trying to build my business. And then I feel like my body's falling apart. And it was. But um, those identities that I was holding – like the boyfriend, the businessman, the personal trainer, the b- being big and jacked, they were all ripped from my being around the same time at 22 years old. They were Just picture like <clears throat> you have no more career, right? Your career's over. You're not making money anymore. Uh, your girlfriend breaks up with you, right? You lose 20 pounds and you're no longer big and strong. And you can no longer do the thing that you love most, which for me was working out and exercising, right? So I lost everything. And not only that, i lo- i was losing my body like it was literally falling apart so i want you to picture all that happening in the same time frame i was left with freaking nothing nothing at all nothing and it didn't help that the doctors weren't supportive even my parents were like kind of confused like is he like it, is he like crazy like is this real is it not real do we keep going on and, and trying to figure out what's going on and i got to give credit to my dad you know he no matter how much problems I caused in the doctor's office, being a little aggressive or whatever, he was always there. He always came. He always showed up. He always said, "Listen, we'll, we'll try and figure this out." You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm hearing your complaints. You know, like let's see what's going on. We'll figure it out. So he was always there, and and to this day, like I he when I when uh I finally got diagnosed with this, you know, he started he started tearing up. He was like, you know, because you know everything that the doctor was saying happens to people with this disease when they're you know they're called crazy and and uh a lot of people say the same quote i did it feels like they're falling apart you know he got teared up because he sat down in those freaking doctor's offices with me and he heard me saying this stuff for years and years and years and people just disregarding me so but in during that time frame when all my identities were ripped off i i went into like the biggest deepest darkest depression ever like I can't even explain to you how dark that time was now um, I didn't want to live anymore I did not want to live anymore I didn't want to be on this earth I felt like I had no purpose I felt worthless I felt crazy I felt like like my my brain was psychotic and it was making my life a living hell and you know I come from I I, I don't have a big family right Um, at all I've never met anybody on my father's side of the family um, I haven't seen anybody on my mom's side of family since I was like, like seven or something like that. Like since her father passed away, maybe sparingly seen some of them. Um, <clears throat> and my immediate family growing up, we didn't get along. So my dad, my mom, my sister, we, we didn't get along. So at this time, like I didn't I, I I didn't have anybody. Right, the only person I had at the time was that girlfriend. So she was there, but I isolated myself because I was very depressed, and then she ended up breaking up with me. So I felt <clears throat> extremely alone during this time and honestly like the only thing that saved me honestly looking back is my friends like i love those guys so much man like i would do anything for any of those guys i love them so much if you're listening to this and you know who you are like you're one of my best friends you've been around since that time like i love you so i would do anything for you and you know that and i know you would do anything for me but you guys really helped me through that time um, but i don't take it lightly when i say i don't want to be here be here anymore Um, I did want to take my own life. I struggled with that. I struggled with severe depression, anxiety. I isolated myself a lot of times. And then eventually, um, I did some self-discovery, which was very dangerous. I started partying a lot and drinking a lot. Um, And I was taking the painkillers and muscle relaxers that the doctors had prescribed me. Um, although that only lasted a short period of time, like two or three weeks with the painkillers and muscle relaxers, cause they made me feel so terrible. And I hated that feeling no matter how shitty I already felt. I hated that feeling of, of the way the drugs made me feel. <clears throat> so I stopped taking those, but I still drank and I drank heavily for about two years. And all I did was party and I made some decisions that I regret. Um, and, uh, I did some things that I wish I didn't do, you know, but it is what it is. It made me the person I want to be. But during that time, like I said, I didn't want to be on this earth, and and I don't take that lightly. Like I don't take the whole um, suicide talk lightly, you know, because I've experienced the suicide ideations before in the past. Uh, I've had people closest to me commit suicide before, and it's it's a very dark dark situation. Um, but from coming from somebody who's been in those shoes before, um, it's. It's very difficult to deal with. These roads are very narrow um, in your mind when when you're in that that state of mind. And I was in such a dark, dark place, man. Like, I didn't just, just thinking back, like makes me tear up, Um, but I lost myself. I lost myself in that time and uh, I spent some time trying to rebuild myself. So I gave up my career as a personal trainer at the time. This was around 22 years old. Uh, I decided to go traveling um, I decided to do as many new things as I possibly could. I just wanted to get out of my head and ignore the problems that were going on. I was like, maybe I am crazy. So I'm going to ignore the physical problems, just live my life and see if they go away. And I had some fantastic experiences. It made me the man I am today. I made so many mistakes. I wish I can go back and change some of them, but you can't. But they did make me who I am today. And, uh, along that journey, what I really realized was like, I'm not crazy because, Things were still falling apart and getting worse, and I was ignoring it. I was just ignoring it and living my life, and and there was a point finally where I was like, I was like, you know what, like I can't keep ignoring this because, um, you know, something's going on. So I did start to go see doctors again around 24 years old. I'm 28 now, um, but something I did do was I had this burning desire. Like I, I found motivation, and I really. I, I, I wish I could tell you how I found the motivation. I don't know if it's from reading hundreds of books. Um, I don't know if it's just from like something inside of me. But something clicked around 23 years old, maybe 23 and a half, where I was just like, like I'm not going to let this thing, this issue ruin me. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to these doctors. So I started getting my shit back together and, I started working out again and I started personal training again and I became one of the most successful personal trainers in the world honestly uh, along with my brother who helped me out immensely my brother Wade um, gave me an opportunity to get my back on my feet and I can't thank him enough Um, but along that way I also set two state powerlifting records um i ran multiple marathons i did a marathon with 40 pounds on my back i've done a bunch of the mud runs i ran an ultra marathon 50 mile race i've done some crazy stuff you know a couple one-arm pull-ups here and there walking football fields on my hands and all stuff and that's after dealing with all these these issues because i wanted to prove the doctors wrong and i did but In so doing so, I made my situation a little worse because I did tear both my shoulders and um, my hip took a toll and I think my spine got a little bit worse. But uh, I needed to prove to myself that the story they were telling me was wrong and that the story I was telling myself was right. And I did. It was cool. But going through that, I want to just explain the the death and rebirth process. Like I killed myself off like a couple of times. Like I was killed off and we're talking, you know, like – Not physically, we're talking about mentally and spiritually at this moment. Um, At 19 years old, 19 to like 21, I was killed off as a big, strong, jacked business owner, personal trainer who was a boyfriend at the time. I was killed off without my own doing. And so that was a death of an identity. And through the process of about 22 years old to 24 years old or 21 to 24, I was being rebuilt into somebody and I was rebirthed as a new version of myself and uh that version of myself <clears throat> i feel has been dying over the past couple weeks because i have to change my life again with this new diagnosis Because i do have to alter some things in my life so i don't make it worse so i feel like life is a constant evolution of death and rebirth you are somebody and then you're not somebody and then you are somebody and then you're not somebody it's like a butterfly uh the whole butterfly thing where it's like a, is it a, is a butterfly a caterpillar first That what it is? i forget I think so. You're a caterpillar, then you sh- then you like get into your cocoon, you shed a cocoon, now you're a butterfly again. All that, you know, that uh, science-y stuff goes over my head a little bit, right? But it's this concept of death and rebirth. And I think if we can come to understand that this concept is constantly happening throughout life, it's a constant cyclical action that happens, we would better off to deal with these problems because as I have realized that things are never going to be the same, it has been easier for me to make these changes. And I have some had, and even with the challenges that have presented themselves recently, um, I've done better at dealing with them. I don't get into those crazy lows that I did when I was like 22 years old. That's not to say it'll never happen again, But I don't think I'll reach that point um, as easily as I did the point of severe depression and and suicidal ideations and things like that. Um, But that's real. Like, I want most people to realize, like, the stuff that we worry about, I've come to learn is not as serious as we make it believe as we make ourselves believe it is like. Like your job, right? Or little issues you have at home or like you know them running out of your favorite fruit at the grocery store, whatever the hell it is. Like some of us lose our minds over this shit when it's really not that important. Like we can get over it pretty fast. And once you go through some really difficult things in life, you start to realize this and you take those little things way easier, that you get over them way easier. And that's kind of where I am now dealing with this shit for so long is I'm able to get over little things way easier. Um, One of the biggest things... And I know I'm rambling. I hope you guys are, are, are listening along. Um, it's just this has been such a long journey. And to put it into like an hour-long podcast is pretty difficult. I'll probably have more podcasts on this. But one of the number one ways or number one things that help me just keep my life going is having a purpose. Like I cannot stress that enough. If you don't have a purpose in life and you're struggling in some capacity, like waking up in the morning is one of the most difficult things to do. Getting getting to yourself together is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, so – if you're someone who feels like they don't have a purpose, you need to establish a purpose. And it's really easy. Get a job. Honestly, getting a job was the greatest thing for me. I had to wake up and go somewhere and do something and I helped people and and I, it, it was a purpose for me. It didn't matter if I was in pain or suffering or whatever because I felt like I was participating in society and in the world. And that was huge. And I felt my purpose on earth is just getting bigger and bigger and more grand and I, and I want other people to feel that way too and that that's different for everybody like some people are happy you know just being like a, a substitute teacher part-time after retirement and that's their purpose and they work two days a week and it keeps them going and that's fantastic other people like me need to work five six days a week and and continue this action of helping people because it keeps you in a rhythm and it, it keeps you out of that funk so establishing a purpose was one of the greatest ways that I got out of that funk, and I think it's one of the greatest ways that you can get out of your funk <clears throat> as well. Um, I'm going to read to you um, something that I wrote in my really, really dark time um, when I was going through all that stuff, and, and I'm going to you know, give you the heads up that it is very dark. And uh, But it shows you how deep into that hell that I was um, I was very deep into that And it was hard to get out <clears throat> And anybody who's struggling with that You know, I didn't take any medications um, I didn't take any anti-anxiety medications I didn't take any antidepressants uh, What I did, and I'm a huge proponent Listen, if society makes a tool and it works Give it a shot Like try it, like those things have their place in time. And to be honest, in the beginning, I probably should have been put on low dose antidepressant or anti anxiety medication because it would have helped out. It would have probably sped up the process of recovery. Um, But I just, like I said, I didn't have a lot of people around me, and um, you know, my my father is a mental health therapist, and he alluded to it, but we didn't have the greatest relationship at the time, so I didn't reach out to talk to him, and. I kind of just I like I said I isolated myself. I isolated myself and it was it was a rough time. Listen, when you are what happened was, you know, I'm I'm very young and doctors weren't taking me serious and I really wanted to figure out what was going on. So I stayed up late at night in my room for like 2 years straight and I read medical textbooks trying to figure out what was going on and and when you do that, you know, you isolate yourself, you, you turn anxious, you know, you're in, you're in one room and you don't leave the room and now you have social anxiety and you, you have depression and you don't have a purpose and you feel like you're, you're going crazy and you are going crazy and you, you need help. You need, you need people around you. You need a tribe. And, and I wish I knew that in the beginning, I wish I knew I could, I could reach out to somebody and, and they wouldn't tell me I'm crazy. Like therapists are there. Um, to to listen to you. At least the good ones are. They're there to listen to you and tell you, like, listen, you're not you're not crazy right now. You're, let's let's break this down. We'll figure out if you're crazy or not. But right now, I just want you to know I'm here to listen. So if you are struggling, go talk to somebody. I wish I did that. Um, but I'm going to read uh, a poem I wrote. Actually, this is the only poem I've ever written in my entire life. Um, I'm gonna read it to you, and it's a poem on depression, and it is dark. It is very dark. I forget how old I was when I wrote this. I think I wrote this when I was like 22 years old. <clears throat> and it's very dark. But it just goes to show you what state of mind I was in. And just go to show you that, like, I, I've lived this life. Like, if you're someone who's trying to get over this stuff, like, I'm your guy to talk to. Like, just reach out to me. Like, I know. I have been deeper and deeper into depression and anxiety than, than most people will ever experience in their entire life, um, just with the predicament that I have been placed. And that's not like bragging. I don't want to brag about that. Nobody should have to go through that. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through. And that's why I want you guys to talk to me if you can. But here we go. Ah, coffee's so good. Okay. Three, two, one. This is my poem. It's called Life's Ultimate Theft. I don't feel right lately. I feel disconnected. I feel lost. I feel neglected. I've never felt more alone, and yet I've never felt more at home. I feel numb. I don't feel emotion. The world around me is moving in slow motion. I feel like I'm being followed. I turn around and it's just my shadow. I'm empty. I'm hollow. I've turned into a black hole. Lost with no way back. I feel your touch on my back. I know it's you. I know you're there. I don't know who you're trying to scare. You've been here for years. You've watched me shed tear after tear. You strangle me and I scream, but no one can hear. You try to impose your power and induce fear. It has worked so far, but I have finally figured out who you are. You are the ultimate theft. You steal people's lives and you give them death. You suck the vitality out of them until there's nothing left. You rip their heart out and leave a hole in their chest. Most people crumble, under your power but not me because i've learned your secret and now it's ours you aren't the ghost and you aren't the reaper you are me and i am your keeper i think we have a mutual obsession but i'm closing this chapter until we meet again my dear depression poem by yours truly sam letson so that was a poem about depression and that was a poem about depression when i was when i felt like i was i was overcoming it Right? And I think you could tell towards the end of that poem that it was more optimistic. And um, I just – there was one of the greatest things that I did in this time of, of depression and anxiety and all stuff was I wrote a lot, like so much. I wrote endless and endless amounts of journal entries and blog posts, and I wrote books at the time. And I was just trying to get my emotions out and my feelings out and, and navigating my thoughts and these dark waters. And one of the greatest things was writing. So I really encourage you that if you're struggling, write down how you're feeling, write down your emotions, your expressions, go talk to somebody, try and get to the bottom of it. Um, but one of the, oh, I know I'm, I'm I'm jumping around here, um, but uh, I'm just very passionate about this. And it's been an emotional rollercoaster the past couple of weeks, man. Finally getting this diagnosis, um, which is like bittersweet. Um, you know, somebody asked me, they were like, you know, are you relieved that you got this diagnosis? And I was like, that's not the right word. Like, I'm not relieved. I said, I'm motivated. I am so motivated about this. Like, you don't even understand how motivated I am now. Like, now that I know I was, it sucks to say this, but now that I know I was right, that something was going on, and now I have an actual diagnosis. So if I do ever have to go sit in a freaking doctor's office again, like for surgery or something, I can say, this is what I'm dealing with. And you can't tell me otherwise. Like, it feels good to say, I'm not crazy. But now I'm in a powerful position. Now I'm motivated to help people, not only um, like general population, but people with this disease. Like there's more people out there with this disease. Like They call it a rare disease, but there are a handful of people who have this this problem. Um, So I get to help them now. Hopefully I can be an outlet for other people who are experiencing this, who are younger than me. But I can also use the fact that I have this problem and I'm still doing everything that I'm doing. I can use that as motivation for other people to get up off their ass and live their goddamn life and that's something that i came to the co- conclusion on through my reading, my writing and my reflection is when i was struggling with these thoughts of taking my own life and and i never i never took action to do it let me clarify that and i think there's a huge distinction there's a spectrum of this whole <clears throat> like thinking about suicide thing right there's this low end of the spectrum where you're like you have a thought like, "Oh, I wonder what it would be like when if I wasn't here anymore." Right? That's super low end of the spectrum, right? And then the other end of the spectrum is like, is is, is an attempt to do it. <clears throat> I was never on that far end of the spectrum. Um, it was more so the fact where I was dealing with so much pain, physical pain, emotional pain from losing everything in my life at the time, and then the mental strain of wondering if I'm crazy or not, because doctors were telling me there's nothing wrong with me, but my physical body was telling me there was something wrong with me. All three of these things together made me not, made me have the idea of, you know, what would it be like if I wasn't here? Like, if I could just end all this suffering, it would be so much better. That's where I was on the spectrum. So I was never super far to the point where I attempted anything. But what eventually got me through this whole short, and it was a brief period, it was probably about a year long, maybe a little less, eight months long, where I was really struggling with this, this, Thinking of like, man, it would be just be better if I wasn't here. What got me through it is the fact that I like, and I still tell myself this to to this day. I'm like, I'm like, life. You don't know when you're gonna pass away, right? You don't know when your ticket is going to be pulled and you are gone. So that could be tomorrow. That could be a week from now. It could be 25 years from now. It could be 40 years from now. It could be 60 years from now. Like we we don't know. You don't know, right? So why create a permanent problem to attempt? Why why create a permanent solution to a temporary problem? Like, these are life problems. They happen, right? But life is still beautiful. Don't end this beautiful life um, when it's going to end itself eventually anyways. Like, you're going to be gone anyways. So I told myself to bear as much pain and suffering as possible in this life because when you do go, it's going to be so much – it's just going to be so much more gratifying, right? If you can still accomplish everything you want to do in life, no matter how much – how many shitty situations come your way, no matter how much pain and suffering you're in, no matter how many challenges come across. If you can like get past all that and then you're laying on your deathbed and you're like, damn, you look back and you're like, I did all that and I did all that while going through all this. Like that, I'm telling you, like like, life is, life is amazing. It's freaking amazing and I will take every ounce of suffering. I will take every minute of physical and mental pain to just have one more sip of whiskey and one more laugh with my friends. Like that is what I live for. I live for helping people and I live for that sip of whiskey and those laugh with my friends and I will swear to god, I will I will bear any amount of suffering and every like any little tiny minute second of pain that there is, I will accept it just because In those moments when I'm with my friends or I'm experiencing something new for the first time or I'm just in total awe like Niagara Falls of the world around me, it is worth it and you should know that it it is worth it it is always worth it and you are more you are worth more than you're telling yourself and you can do more than anybody is telling you and i learned that because doctors told me that i wasn't gonna be able to be a personal trainer again they told me i wasn't gonna be able to work out again and i shattered all that i shattered all that you're talking about someone who adds like 70 clients a week for a year straight thank you to my brother at pulse fitness um we did some amazing business that year in 2019 you're talking about somebody who was not just able to build himself up as a personal trainer again but you're talking about someone who was able to accomplish ultra marathons marathons power lift set powerlifting records do crazy stuff when they were told they would never do it again and i am proud of that and i want i want you to understand if you're listening to this that you could do anything you want to and it doesn't have to be anything related to what i'm doing right like you imagine a win for you is just getting up and going for a walk like you can do that just because someone said you know oh you got knee pain you shouldn't go for a walk like are you really gonna listen to that guy no listen to me who's telling you you can go for a walk we just gotta figure out how to do it Okay, I'm rambling now a little bit, but um, I'm just super passionate about this, man. I'm super passionate about this. It's been a very, very long journey, and as you can see, it's been an emotional roller coaster. And now that I have this bittersweet result, this diagnosis, I'm ready to this new chapter of life, man, and I'm going to give you guys so much good information. You have no idea. You're going to learn way more about me. I'm going to start sharing more because during that dark time, man, during that dark time, it really... It really like changed who I was as a person, and and, and I feel like I'm in a position, um, a special position, more than almost any other person on earth to share knowledge. Because although I'm only 28 years old, the amount of lessons and sh- and struggle, but um, uh, knowledge I learned, and education I learned, self education I learned through the experience from 20 years old until 28 years old, or 19 years, old, it is just unmatched, baby. It's unmatched, and I. I know I can give people a better quality of life. I'm going to give you guys a better quality of life as well. Man, I'm, I'm just starting to sweat. Like I I don't think I can drink caffeine again while I'm doing a podcast because one, I know I'm talking fast, but I'm I'm going back and forth a little bit. But the uh, this podcast didn't really have like specific topics I wanted to cover. It was kind of just like I got diagnosed, guys. I want to let you know what's going on, take you along my journey, so on and so forth. And so uh, this one's going to be an interesting one for anybody who listens. But if you have listened this far, thank you. And I want you to share this podcast. Um, I'm going to end it with this, right? One of the main things that I am passionate about right now is helping men become the strongest versions of themselves in life, right? And I call that a strong gent. And I think people have gotten men's health completely and totally wrong. I really do. It's been a hot topic the past couple years. um, Calling men, you know, uh, having men called toxic. You know, they're too masculine, toxic masculinity. Uh, Men are too angry, too unstable. All this stuff has been thrown around the past couple years, and you know, society is pointing the finger at men, telling them they're wrong, and they're telling men how to act and how to live. And and I'm sitting here like, who the hell are you to tell a man how to live, like? Like most of them aren't even men. Telling men how to live, right? But also, like a lot of these people haven't gone through anything significant in their life that would test them and see what kind of man they actually are. And and unfortunately for me, I have, right? I went through something really serious. I, I don't know I don't know how I made it out. To be honest, I, I don't. I'm, I'm at all. It's either my mindset or my situation, the people around me, maybe everything, all of them above. But I feel like I'm in a position now to help men be the strongest version of themselves. And one of the best ways to do that is through coaching. And that's what I'm going to do, right? So uh, if you want to learn, I don't want you to shy away from being a man. It's an honor to be a man, right? We have so much to give the world, right? People want to want to write men off like the world would be a better place without them. But let me ask you a question. Who hooked up your lights to your house? Who did the plumbing? Who did the heating and air conditioning? Who hooked up your internet service? Who did your landscaping? Who built the house that you're sitting in right now? Who cleaned the sewer system? Who repaired the telephone line during the power outage? You know do women do some of this stuff? Yes. But men mostly do this work. Men, men mostly do the dirty, hard labor, grueling jobs. And, w- and without us, this world would fall apart. And now more than ever, men are struggling. They're struggling. They really are. They, they they have a lack of identity, a lack of purpose. They're being battered by the world and society around them. And it's wrong. And And they want to – and there's no way out. There's there's no way out because everything that they do, they're told they're wrong. And, now they, and then they do something else that they're told to do and then they feel like shit so it's this constant back and forth and and i've been fortunate enough to blaze my own lane and figure out what works and what doesn't for men i was a man who struggled i was a man who was lost i was i was a man who was broken down and now i'm a man who has gained some success in his life and put himself in a better situation and now i have people around me who are amazing and they can help men as well and that's what i'm that's what i'm motivated to do so yeah, I got diagnosed with this, this rarer, shittier connective tissue disorder, and I'm gonna be progressively worse as the years go on and on and on, but I don't care because my mission is to make is to leave the world better than is to leave the world better when I leave, and I'm gonna do that by helping men become as strong as possible. Um, in, in in every area of life. Every single area of life. And that starts with physical fitness, <clears throat> then it goes on to mental health, and then it's social and career health. So, if you're a man between 18 and older and you're looking to get a hold of your life and become the strongest man you could possibly be, reach out to us at stronggenscoaching at gmail.com and we'll get you started today. That's all I got. I don't think I can drink caffeine and do another podcast. I really don't don't think I can do it. Um, This one was a little bit darker and I I went real personal on this one and I'm going to continue to go more personal so you guys can get a better idea of my mind, how it works, who I am, and what you can expect in the future. But uh, overall, the grand message of this was, um, I guess, kind of a cliche one is never give up. Like, I I never gave up, man. Like, I knew there was something wrong with me. I knew it. I freaking knew it. And it came to the point where I I was doing so much research where I would bring a binder that has like 400 pages of research. I would bring it into every doctor's visit and and everything they would say – they were like, listen, it's not possible. And I'd be like, Oh really? Well, this study that was done at John Hopkins says it was possible. Can you please explain that? And they would, they would get a little frustrated, but, um, it's just been a long journey, man. 10 years of me fighting for, you know, trying to figure this out. And I finally did. And I figured this out in the weirdest way. I had a pain management guy who alluded to the fact that I had really mobile shoulders. And he was like, "You, you should like go get tested for something. He was like, you ever like traumatic injury or something to the shoulder. And I was like, No, he was like, you should go get tested for, you might have something called like Elhurst-Danlos syndrome. That was the first time I heard about it. And that was when I was like 22 or something like that. And then my gastro alluded to it, which is so weird. And that's kind of what led me uh, at 28 to go see somebody who specializes in these like connective tissue disorders. So that's where I was left off. Um, That's where I am now. But uh, yeah, that's my journey guys. That is my personal journey. It's been about an hour. And I have actually have a doctor's appointment coming up. So I have to log out <clears throat> and um, just uh, go ahead. you can follow. If you want more fitness-related information, I will be dropping more podcasts. But uh, <clears throat> what was I talking about? Oh, the moral stories, never give up, right? So over the course of 10 years, right, I never stopped looking for an answer. And just be an advocate for yourself, right? You're not crazy. Well, some of you might be crazy, but you're not crazy. You have a voice. Use your voice with the internet now. You can look up. Anything you can bring it to your doctor's visits. You can hand it to them and say, "I just want be nice about it. Don't be like me. I was a little aggressive. Um, Just be nice about it. Be like, hey, listen. I read this. Can you please explain this? I'm I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. But uh, yeah, never give up on on trying to figure out what's going on. Never give up on trying to improve your life. Never think that it's the end of the world because it's not. It's just a little bump in the road. And everything in the moment seems so bigger than it really is. As you continue to grow through these things and and just put your boots on and walk through the fire. You'll notice as you continue to walk through the fire, um, when you look back, the flames are going to look very, very small because it wasn't that big of a deal. It just seems like a big deal now because you're in the middle of it. And we all go through that stuff. Um, And also more of the story was uh, you can seriously do anything you set your mind to. I know that's cliche, but um, if you're stubborn enough like I am, you can do anything. It doesn't matter if you have a rare disease. It doesn't matter if someone told you you can't do it. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are or your situation. Like if you want to do something and you want to get it done, you will get it done every single time. I swear. I'm so passionate. I'm, I'm flexing right now in front of the computer screen. Like you have no idea how passionate I am about this. Um, God. So want to know what I did when I found out I was when I got diagnosed with this? I had myself a whiskey. I had myself a fantastic basil Hayden neat. No on the rocks, nothing. And it was fantastic. I sat there with my feet up. I cried a little bit because I was just shocked. I was just shocked. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe this. Like, this is what's been going on. Uh, But I want to leave you guys on a positive note. I do. So I want you guys to to understand that uh, there are people out there who are in worse off situations than you guys are. And although everybody's situation is different, you can make the most out of it. Uh, And I want you to make the most out of your situation. So you can even just reach out to me uh, and we can have a conversation. And, you know, I I love talking to people. So uh, but whatever your situation is, uh, if you want more out of your life, just do the damn thing. Don't listen to anybody. Create your own story. Be the author of your life. All right. I'm, I'm ending here. Follow me on Instagram at trainer Sam Letson for fitness related stuff. Follow Strong Gents underscore Coaching for anything Strong Gents and men's coaching related. You can follow us on Facebook at Strong Gents Dash Men's Coaching, and you can send us an email at stronggentscoaching at gmail Talk to you later. Peace. <clears throat>